episode nine of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican with Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio, Night Editor Ben Rowe, I am Sports Editor Joey LaFranca, and we're going on another episode. We're really finding our groove here, aren't we? Sure are. Uh, can't believe it's nine weeks so far, uh, but it, time flies when you're having fun, as they say. We're so, almost at double digits. Almost yeah, at ten episodes. I think every week we've we've definitely learned a lot, and we're... I, I think this is something we look forward to every week now. We're just having a bunch of fun with it, really. Well, it's it's another opportunity to, you know, basically deliver information yeah. to our readers, listeners, and uh, talk about what we know and what we hear going on in our community. I mean, we're probably in the best position to, to be most well-informed. So, it, yeah, it is fun, too. And, and I think the greatest thing is, what do we always say? It's sometimes hard to put words together to formulate what we're talking about, and it's sometimes a lot easier to just talk about it. So mm-hmm. here, here we are. But, um, and, yeah, for loyal listeners, I mean, this is basically every episode. It's basically what we do off camera out in the newsroom anyway. We just talk about the news. So. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, speaking of that, I don't know if I told you guys, I got a new pair of shoes. Did you? Oh, I like those. They're kind of like all-purpose. So while people for people listening, they have it's it's black and gray with gray shoelaces, really heavy tread on the bottom. Uh, they're north and they're north face. I like those. Uh, the first pair of shoes I bought in two years. Okay. I don't buy a lot of shoes. I usually wear them until they fall apart. <laughs> but I bought these locally. Okay. And Ooh. my wife gave me a hard time because you kind of got them a lot cheaper at Amazon. Sure. But I think there's something to be said for buying locally, number one. And I want to actually see the shoes and put them on my feet Yeah, that's before I buy them. That's a huge thing. The only reason that I don't do that a lot of times, you guys know, I wear basketball shoes pretty much all the time. It just kind of circulates. But the shoes that I have right now are uh, made by, it's it's Kyrie Irving shoes. And so it's a Nike type of brand. And I have always had Nike. I don't think I've ever had anything else other than Nike pretty much throughout all my... That's just kind of what my parents got me when I was little, and that's kind of what I think is comfortable. But there is something to be said about like actually going to the store and, and buying shoes. I just know for Nike purposes with with the shoe size and how it fits and whatnot, I know what my size is. I know it's a Nike yes. shoe. I know it's going to work. But if I were to get something different, I would want to go and try it out. That's right. Ben Rowe. If I could get new shoes delivered through the mail like every <laughs> couple months, I would be fine with that. <laughs> shoe shopping is not not my bag. Maybe on a then you got to take care of your feet. <laughs> it's true. No, I'm I'm the same way. I wear them until they literally the bottoms have fallen out. <laughs> then I drag myself to the shoe store and try and get some more. So maybe on a future episode we can have like a full on just shoe podcast. Well, just, just a special episode. One of those things of daily life. Yes. We we are all human here. We wear our <laughs> shoes just like everybody else. Yeah, it's not like we're in the newsroom just going around barefoot. No, that's not the case. That's not the case. Handy. It would be. It'd be a little bit more comfortable. But, but speaking of athletic shoes, we got some athlete news this morning. Yeah. It's that it's, Joe LaTemplio put up on the Press Pumpkin website uh, a little earlier today. Yes, just briefly, um, for those who don't know, the Big Ten um, uh, football conference in NCAA college football announced that they will be playing football later this season, beginning the weekend of October 23rd, 24th. Um, they had previously decided not to play. Yeah. Um, but there's been growing pressure, I think even a couple legal cases, um, <laughs> yeah. trying to force their it's hand. It's been a mess. Yeah. 
So the Big Ten is going to be back on track in some form um, later in October. And in that messes with the whole discussion about sports and yeah. whether or not they should be played collegiately and here locally at the high school level, which we'll probably get into. Yeah, I mean, do we want to touch upon that first and then go into some other stuff since we're kind of talking about sports? So it's very interesting what's going on. It seems at times we have one idea, then it seems like everything changes. Now, with where we're at now, um, we're recording this uh, in the middle of the week. Yeah, on Tuesday, we have... Wednesday. An, uh, no, t- I know, but yesterday oh, there was sorry. an announcement. No, it's okay. But yesterday there was an announcement from, sections, uh, from Section 7 that said Section 7 is going to host sporting events, which basically, in easier terms to announce, Section 7 has no problem with sports. They are moving forward with sports. But the issue is now each individual member school within Section 7 still has the choice of whether or not to participate. It's pretty simple when you break it down. We could, you know, explain it in a lot of different ways. But the way Section 7 is operating is they are saying, we're going to have sports. If you want to participate, we're going to support you. If you don't want to participate, that's okay, too. We'll support you in that case, too. The choice is yours. Because, yeah, exactly. Because ultimately, it's a is, is fickle the right word? It's a very interesting type of situation well, it's uncharted yeah it, it it's there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs obviously there's a lot of variables that need to be considered i would and, use the word flexible yeah and mm-hmm. each and each I, I just like the word fickle though it's just a mm-hmm. good <laughs> word um but in in general each school has to acclimate to the way they want to do it and when i talked to my most recent conversation with section seven executive director matt wallentuck we talked about a lot of different things, and he said that Section 7 is going to come out with guidelines specifically just for Section 7 member schools that they can kind of work on a little bit. And what the schools can do is, that he Matt's told me, the schools have to make it work for them. We're going to give the guidance, and then they can you know go and run with it. And I think that's a good idea, because ultimately you don't want to make a, you know, you would love to see a uniform decision, but in the scenario that we're in, that's really not, a a legitimate way of going about things right now so very interesting to say the least but for people who would like to see sports it's certainly a step in the right direction um it's certainly not we're not going backwards still seems like there's a lot of work to be done though yeah and the conversations i've had i'm hearing uh, i believe there's 27 schools in section yeah seven. it's it's somewhere around there yeah and i'm hearing one third want sports one third want some kind of sports, yep. one third want nothing to do with it. Sure. So trying to herd all of them together mm-hmm. to get something workable it's is hurting very, cats. It is. <laughs> it's, exactly. That's the phrase we used the other day. It's very difficult. So if we have sports, and it looks like there is an effort to, to have them, what's it going to look like? It's going to look probably very different. Right. I mean, you might have a little pockets of leagues here and there. You might have, you probably will have a downsized schedule. Oh, absolutely. At, at this some, point, at this point, that that's without question. Yeah, of some sort, and then um, you might have um, weekends only. Yeah, uh, or something like that. So there's still a lot of work to be done, um, and it is going to be a challenge. I think the most interesting thing is so as we, uh, <clears throat> as a lot of people know at this point. Uh, September 21st is when interscholastic sports have been given the go-ahead to be, go ahead to begin practice. But 
September 21st is not going to be the date that all these schools start. There's no way at this point. There's just no way. I think if if we actually see sports get fully going, we're going to see maybe the 28th the following Monday or what then I think would be the 5th that would be the, the of October. That would be the I really think that might be the date where we see everybody who wants to be participating in sports actually getting the ball rolling a little well, bit. Well, that's actually might be okay because I guess by according to state rules each season you're allowed to go up to 15 weeks, which brings you to December 15th. Mm-hmm. And I guess schools have been told they can go that far. So it's, it's crazy to think We'll that. be shoveling off the uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> soccer yeah. fields. And and speaking about shoveling off, the other big news with sports earlier, actually uh, uh, Later, last week. Last week? Uh, I think it was uh-huh. Thursday. Uh-huh. Post was, podcast last week. Yeah. yeah, the New York State Public High School Athletic Association announces that football um, – Volleyball and competitive cheerleading for this area football and volleyball are the most impacted There is like a little bit of competitive cheer, but ultimately the competitive cheer season in section 7 is in the winter So it really doesn't matter Um, But for football and volleyball those seasons have been moved to March 1st We've heard a lot of different things about that for volleyball. No big deal. No big deal at all It's inside you can play it whenever I mean there's volleyball tournaments all throughout the year so if you want to have a local season on March 1st compared to, you know, the stereotypical beginning of the season in September, go ahead. Football, interesting. You know, March 1st comes around. When was the last time on March 1st that we had no snow on the ground, no mm-hmm. ice, and things of that nature? The, the weather elements are certainly pose a problem, and that's, I feel like, been what more people than not have said about the whole situation is the March 1st start date for football doesn't seem as realistic as what we might hope. I believe you retweeted an image that somebody posted on Twitter of a snow-covered yard in yes, early March. Yes, that was actually Section 7 football coordinator Eric Bennett, who's also the Saranac Lake football coach, who I did a one-on-one interview with, and he tell he told me, you know, the feasibility of it just isn't there. And obviously in Saranac Lake, more than anywhere else, it's really not feasible, just given there, it's like the frozen tundra in Saranac Lake all the time. Um, but... What I asked him spoke volumes. I asked him flat out at one point during the interview, an interview I had with him last week, what do you think the what do you think the chances are of of a season? And he flat out said it won't happen. He's and I prefaced that, and he he probably would agree. Like you know, maybe it would happen later on, but in terms of they're telling the schools to be done your fall season number two by May first, what are you going to do? Play three weeks or four weeks of football? I don't I don't know. And with football, it's not like you can play multiple games a week. You have to have a rest and recovery period or kids are going to get hurt. So, and, and Eric Bennett was the one. He took a photo of, his, I believe it was at his residence outside on April, 20, April 22nd or April 23rd last year. There was snow on the ground in Saranac Lake, and he took a photo of his thermometer outside his house, and it's at 18 degrees. That's 53 days after the proposed start date from NISFA of the March 1st. Perfect start. So that's a that's a problem. That's a problem to say the least. And that's why I think he said it won't it won't happen. Which anyone who's lived up here long enough knows that's a completely realistic scenario for mid-April. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to this fall sports season, the other talk we've heard of, and I think we discussed this, is that they're even considering moving golf, tennis, and bowling to this to the fall. Which yeah. make, may make you think, well, why would they do that? One of the reasonings, I'm told, is that because those kids, primarily um, golf and tennis, 
they missed their spring sport. Right. They didn't get a chance, so maybe a chance to give it an opportunity. Sure. But I don't even know if that's going to work. No, and, and I mean, that. yeah, that gets back to one of the plans from NISFA at one point about inverting the seasons, and maybe you might see some of that. I think at this point that's highly unlikely, but it certainly can't be ruled out. Um, but it's certainly, I, I wouldn't, I can't see that developing. But remember last week I did tell you when I was, doing my sports look back that I saw in the 60s and I think even in the 70s uh, high school golf used to be a fall sport which yes. I thought was pretty interesting I had no idea um, I don't know when that changed um, but realistically I mean up here if you were to have a golf season having it in the fall would actually be great but the problem is just it could the, work. but yeah. the number of kids that's the problem you're taking kids away from maybe one other sport they might love to play golf but you know they might be a soccer player football player uh, you know, any anything. It's even it's even for girls now. So you know, you're talking about volleyball, gymnastics. Um, you know, uh, you know, if they want to do competitive cheerleading, things like that. So um, up up here, it's it's harder because we just don't have the numbers. You know, if you want to go downstate, it might be more feasible. Not only not only numbers wise, but also weather wise. Um, but you know, we'll see we'll see where things go. But it's certainly uh, certainly a lot of developments. And probably a lot more developments well, to come. In our business, that's good. Yes. Um, and in the in the upstate versus downstate thing, I was thinking about you know um, as far as the plan to basically give the power to the schools, the authority of the schools to say yeah we're in, yeah we're not in. Um, you know, one of the big things about the pandemic response has been for everything is flexibility. Like mm-hmm. I said, in in, rec- in recognizing that back in the early days, up here was not at the same panic level as New York City was. And, you know, nowadays New York is not the same panic level as Florida is or California is. And right in our county and in our North country, you know, um, Malone and Plattsburgh are not at the same kind of suspicious parent, you know, danger level, I'll say, yeah. as um, Elizabethtown in that region, in Essex County. And so to basically have somebody say yes all schools all sports are on no you got to let each individual region each individual district look at the situation and make that call and it reminds me of with the school opening coverage is that crown point pulled the public down there and the public said by an overwhelming majority no we want back in-person classes and crown point was like okay they feel you know the majority of the public has looked around They've taken an assessment and they said, this is what we want. Would that be the same situation for um, Boquette Valley? No, definitely not. They pushed back their opening because they looked around and said, nope, we, we got to go through a couple more things. So with schools, now the emphasis and now the responsibility is on those individual districts to look around and say, okay, you know, no, we're good or we're not good. So it's, I think it's... You know, for all the question about state guidance in this whole thing from Cuomo, from health leaders, from local groups, it ultimately comes down to the people of the town looking around and saying, what do they want for mm-hmm. themselves? Uh, yeah, I agree. Hopefully they can work it out. Okay, enough on school sports. Yep, we're, done with, we're, done, with school, we're done with school sports. <laughs> and moving on. on his mind. Moving on to well, the stuff. other big news of the day, as I'm sure it will reverberate throughout the rest of the week, is uh, word came down that the border restrictions uh, with the U.S. and Canada will be extended another month to October 21st. Ugh. Bad news for the region. Yeah. Um, however, there's a lot to this. 
um, number one, we got to keep everybody safe. Um, and early on, it was the thought was, oh, those Canadians don't want the Americans coming up there. Mm-hmm. But last night, I think it was, a report from the Montreal Gazette, I believe, showed that uh, Montreal has gone from green status, which is low number of cases, to yellow with a big surge. Oh, so these cases are going up? Yes, they're having a problem up in Quebec. Interesting. So it's not only they don't want us up there. I mean, I'm sure people around here, we don't want infected Canadians coming here either, which is a real bummer because we all know the economic impact they bring. Um, to the region, it is huge. We can't under underestimate that, and we can't under 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 discuss it really. No, because um, it is having it might have the largest impact of everything um, that we've gone through here, and um, it's going to be tough to overcome. The and the longer it goes, I mean, obviously, the worse it's going to get in terms of the overall impact, neg- the negative impact that it's going to have, and. I mean, you have scenarios where you want, you know, you want the traffic to be there. So, you know, not only in the economy, it's a huge factor. But when you put the health side of things into it, like you said, with where Montreal and the Quebec area is going from, you know, green status to now it's a little bit of a, you know, there's a surge of cases there. That's concerning. And, you know, the, it's almost like the the American side, to a certain extent, has gotten everything kind of righted a little bit and now Canada's going the wrong way and it's a seesaw just, it's a seesaw it's like all right well we're we're coming up but now you're going down and that's well, that's not good no it's not and, and the thing is i mean all these years we we all recognize and understand the importance of Canadians you always hear the stories from people oh stupid Canadians they throw their garbage out they do this they do that yeah. but now that they're not here I go, oh we wish we, we need the Canadians yeah. like yes we do yeah <laughs> it's 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 no yeah it's no secret it's no it's no secret at all um well, I don't, from what I picked up on is that one of the most frustrating things for a lot of people from local officials to local residents of both sides of the borders is just the uncertainty around it is that I believe Stefanik has called on, um, you know... That would be Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> Representative Stefanik <laughs> has um, has called on... Um, hey, wouldn't say Stafford, you know, Representative... <laughs> Jolo, political reporter. I feel. I feel like. I feel like when you say like the last name, it's like it. That actually is almost when you can refer to somebody only by their last name. That yes. establishes it, they're significant. It's, yes. okay, it's okay. Like, yes. like last week, I think it was last week when I said Cuomo and you corrected me. It's like yeah, I'm not talking about Mario Cuomo. I think we all know who we're talking about here. Well, yes, that's for me. I covered both of them. Okay. That's okay. True. Yes. Right. There's only one Beyonce. There's only one Stefanik. <laughs> So, yes, Rep Stefanik has called on many groups to put forward some type of a plan to give people something to look forward to. And, yes, the situation is ever-evolving. But correct me if I'm wrong, is that as far as I understand it, there is not this chart that we can follow along with the border to say, okay, you know, we're in phase one of reopening, we're in phase two. Right. It's, it's very 
loose. It's very, you know, nope, still closed. Nope, still, well, when can it open? Well, we'll see. And yeah. when you tell people, if they ask, well, when is it going to open? We'll see. That's frustrating. <laughs> it's That's discouraging. And so uh, I am I wouldn't be surprised if there's more calls for, you know, we need to come up with a plan to know when so people can prepare yeah. for when it's going to reopen. It's like with the state reopening. It's that everyone was like, okay, you know, we're in phase two. We're doing good. Everybody hold strong. And then, all right, we're in phase three. Awesome. Good job, everyone. With this, it's just this malaise of just... It's kicking the can further down the road. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing anybody wants. I would think that by now, in both countries, in both regions, everyone is in tune and aware of the precautions that need to be taken to keep the spread down. Mm -hmm. Wear masks, social distance, wash your hands, don't go anywhere if you don't have to. Um, you might think that Canadians can travel here and we can travel up there safely if we adhere to those restrictions. And probably could. But it's not completely controllable. And that's, I think, is the problem. And you get one instance, one case, and then boom. We know how it spreads. Um, and it's a shame because I, I miss not having the opportunity to go to Montreal. Uh-huh. Or, or watch a soccer game or, or yeah. go to dinner or whatever or, or a concert um it kind of frankly sucks yeah no it it definitely does and i go back remember how excited i was to regardless i was probably going to make my way up there in some capacity whether it be reporting or going up just as a spectator and a fan i wanted to go watch the yankees when they were going to play the blue jays up right. in montreal a lot of people would have gone to that and yeah. I, I, I always since they started since the Blue Jays started playing their games up there like a couple spring training games at the end of at the end of spring training before the season started, I was like, wow, why don't they why don't they ever bring the, the why don't the Yankees ever play up there? It would be it would be great. I mean, yes, there's been and because there's been the Red Sox, there's been the there's been the Mets. Um, who was it the last year? It was the Brewers? Red Sox I mean, that, have been up there. The the Brewers played up there last year. Why? Yeah. That that I mean I mean yeah sure there's I'm sure there's some Milwaukee Brewers fans but. I mean that was that was so disappointing. I, w- I would have been. I mean I <laughs> would have taken the day off, just gone up there in some capacity, and just watched the Yanks play. But yeah, and, and you know, and there's other things like they have the boat show, the RV shows, the car shows, um, plus Plaza Arts. There's all kinds. You know, yeah. it's a mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Not to mention we could have played around in Hemingford. Yes, that would have been great. Could have taken Ben Rowe golfing for the first time. We still need to do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of music festivals up there that last summer I was saying, you know, I'm going to go to those next year. And then is that I, I always bring up the fact that I had come up with this little, I mean, I only had two things in it, but this little kind of list of things that I was going to do. And I think I'd be curious to ask how many people are listeners and that kind of thing came up with a list at the end of last year with 2020 being like, you know what, I've got to do these things in 2020. That's then, a bucket list for 2020. The bucket, yes. the bucket list for 2020. Then, well, so much for that. That's, but, that's true. But then is that I remember in going up to Russ's Point with Joe earlier this summer and asking people, you know, their thoughts on that. One that really stood out to me about the border closure is that there are people who said that it's they suspected, and they didn't have any, you know, reliable sources in this, but they suspected that the reason why the governments keep on, as Joey said, kicking the can down, mm-hmm. is that if you said the border is closed until 
May 2021 or October 2021 or whatever, people would freak out. They'd be like, how are we going to last for that long? Mm -hmm. But if you just do it month by month, people are like, okay, you know, maybe open next month. Oh, close. Maybe open next month. Mm -hmm. Oh, close. And they, and I think of, (laughs) do you guys know the story of the frogs in the boiling water? (laughs) If you put frogs in boiling water and you turn it up really fast, the frogs will panic and they'll jump out of the water. Uh But if you turn it up slowly, a little by little, the frogs won't even notice until it's too late. That's that's really really disturbing, (laughs) Ben. And so people say that if you just... Have Have you had experience with this? Well, I mean, we can go into a whole mouse story in another podcast. <laughs> no, 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 but no. We're good, we're good. Basically, the point is that there are people, and again, this is the frustration of no direction, of no communication. There are people that are saying they're just trying to cover themselves by slowly pushing back rather than having a comprehensive plan that lays out a goal. And I can see where people can get the idea when every month we have a new press release that says, nope, not this month. Try again next month. Yeah. It's like, that's... I, and that's that's a good devil's advocate, you know, because we're saying, why are they doing that? And that's that might be why, you know, to, mm-hmm. to keep public morale and, you know, just in general from not panicking, which ultimately during a pandemic, the less you can panic, the better. I mean, that I would feel mm-hmm. like we could all agree on that. Um, but to a certain extent, too, I feel like being informed is also important. It seems to me like, Maybe I'm wrong, but every time we get close to the deadline for reopening the border, something happens. A spike here, an outbreak there. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, hold on. It's almost like like maybe, not to accuse anybody, but maybe the guards get let down a little bit, and you're like, all right, we're really close to you know getting things reopened a little bit more, and then something happens, and oh, well, now we got to push things back again. Well, yeah, it's the latest deadline was September 21st, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not that far from that. So, no. but as you guys were saying, is that yeah, you know, when everything we always talk about the post-COVID world, once we're all clean and vaccinated and whatnot, yeah, we go up and we enjoy Canada for yeah. <laughs> what we have missed more than ever. So yeah, and, and it's not just here in the North Country. I mean, it goes from Maine to Washington State. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's, so, yeah, it's, that first trip across the border post pandemic is yeah we'll make it a good one so speaking of washington state and out west those fires are Uh wild literally wild yeah and Um, we are even feel as reporter robin cadell reported today we are even feeling some of that yeah yeah we're glad to have that story Um, have you guys noticed the smoke at all like i have i've tried to like notice it i haven't even seen any haze i I mean maybe maybe it's just so faint that i'm not noticing it but late afternoon early evening at dusk Okay. It, I seem to notice it a little more. Okay. For some reason. And I, I know Rob. Remember, Robin actually mentioned yesterday during our little news briefing. She said she had to use her inhaler, and I said, "Oh wow! I, I mean, I wouldn't have even. I didn't notice it at all. Um, I didn't. I didn't even know that the smoke. It makes sense that the smoke was coming all the way over here. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. And did you see that the Seattle Mariners and the San Francisco Giants had to move their game because of? I think it was a combination of air quality and just too much smoke almost did you see that uh, oh, yes, yesterday yeah it. so it's pretty crazy i mean i there was last week i ran a photo of oracle park the san francisco giants park yes I saw and that. it was just this, it looked like the apocalypse yeah just orange sky it almost looks like a north country sky at night when there's a snowstorm coming in or something and you have you know a very orange type of sky because it's packed with you know snow that's going to be coming down well, I, you know crazy. what i was reminded of joe 
um, from reading that story and reading look back reports back in the early 90s, there was another meteorological event back then that affected the North Country from afar was acid rain, I believe, and various toxins like that were being <laughs> carried across state lines up to our pristine North Country and people were like, hey, we got to do something to like... How long ago was that? Again, there was some, it, it seemed like it was kind of a hot topic in the early 90s. Yeah, okay. even back to the 80s. Yes. Um, Interesting. Mm -hmm. the, the mostly coal plants from the Midwest that create energy. Um, they would that good old jet stream. Pollutants would come east and, okay. and they, they caused a lot of problems in the Adirondacks wow. um, environmentally. I mean, it was a big issue. Yeah. I remember growing up in elementary school and that was the big thing that people were like gotta watch out for the acid rain acid and rain. was like whoa that sounds crazy do you guys remember I, it was a this was a while ago but it definitely i, I remember it so it it couldn't have been too too long ago um the canadian there were canadian forest fires and the smoke yes. yeah. I when was that i want to say early 2000s okay so i remember and that. you want to know how i remember that how <laughs> I, i'm always interested the Battle of Plattsburgh, uh -huh. um, right around this time. Actually, 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 no. I think it was. It might have been Mayor's Cup uh -huh. earlier in the summer. Okay. Um, one of the performers, um, they had a kids performer. It might have been Tom Chapin. Um, so we brought the kids. Kids were little, so it would have been early two thousand. Sure. Uh -huh. And he sang a song, and one of it was about. Canada being on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember that. that there we go. That strikes me as very Tom Chapin move to <laughs> yeah. sing a folksy song about. <laughs> but so yeah, so fires. that's why that's what I remember. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I remember like it was very easy to see that smoke. It's yeah. not easy to see this smoke. Oh, it's a little so, closer, but <laughs> yeah, obviously a little, obviously closer. Um, but that's that's what I, I would that's what I was trying to think about. So I and, and whenever I think about environmental issues and even I guess the pandemic kind of, but especially climate issues where people talk about, oh, you know, we're doing okay or they're doing okay, we're all connected, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that it's you know what happens in one place doesn't necessarily not affect something else. So. Speaking of being connected, why don't you tell folks where they can listen to this podcast and the changes we got? Yeah, coming. so you can listen to this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. All you have to do is just search Press Pass Podcast, and you can obviously also go on our website, PressRepublican.com, and you can listen to our podcast here in its entirety, totally free. Nothing. Uh, not there's no type of paywall or anything like that. So always you can listen there and you can all, you know let us know what you think. Rate, review, subscribe, and um, I think it would also be cool. We gotta do this moving forward. We gotta create like a. Ha I don't think we've ever really s s created a solid hashtag where people could like you know ask a question or something and they put a hashtag at the end. We'll search Ooh, for it. Viewer question. Episode, yeah, that'd be fun. Viewer question. <laughs> you know, keep it clean, keep it smart. You know that type of thing. But um, I think that would be fun. So maybe we'll look into that moving forward. Um, but also, this is going to be the last type of episode where, you know, it's just kind of the three of us offshooting some things here and there. Um, we, we talked about it a little bit, um, and it, we want to get more people involved in the newsroom. And, you know, we brought different people in, things of that nature, but what we want to do moving forward is create a little bit more of a segment-oriented type of podcast, and that's what we're going to do moving forward. And so next week, you're going to hear um, Kara Chapman and Mackenzie Delisle, two of our staff writers. They're going to kind of more open the show. Um, 
do a you know quick hits basically talk about what's going on in the news this week and do, 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 and do. then that's right we gotta come up with I I'm gonna look into I'm gonna look into sound effects somebody sample we, that yeah we gotta have and I gotta go through the episodes because we have a lot of drops we can like create uh-huh. now the stupid stuff we've said um, but so we have that. And then what we're going to do from, from that point is we're going to kind of go into a round table, which is kind of what we've been doing. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll still have that. And then we might have some type of fun feature to wrap things up, whether it be, you know, I know Robin Cuddell, one of our staff writers, who she was on the pod for the first episode last week, and she said she was kidnapped. Awesome. Um, <laughs> she said um, she, she, she wanted to yeah. do maybe some history or arts and entertainment type of thing. We, we, you know, we might do some more trivia of different types. Maybe um, some look back as we some, did a little bit today. Some look back and, you know, honestly, whatever else we think mm-hmm. about, we might we might do. I mean, we might do a full-on uh, little segment about football picks because, obviously, I have a lot of expertise in that after week one, right? <laughs> we might have a Joe LaTemplia shoe episode where yes. we talk about yes. all of Joe's shoes. I did, yeah. I did want, I hope you guys, but I hope you guys didn't mind. I did want to break in that little subtle brag that I went 3-0 in my football picks in yeah, our first week. Yeah, we heard mm. you. Yeah. <laughs> ben, do you want to say, like, what you used as your method of trying to pick teams? I thought it was very interesting. Oh, Joe yes. doesn't even know this. Yes, for all you amateur sports bettors out there, when you have two teams, yes, you know, there's lots of factors. There's players, there's strategies, that kind of thing. All you really need to do, and this has been successful through my years, you look at the two mascots and you think, if they were pit against each other in a fight, who would win? So if it was the... Seattle Seahawks That's right. versus the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Well, obviously, a Viking could easily take down a Seahawk with some type of like bow and arrow or something like that. So, you know, you go the Vikings. What about the Dolphins? Um, if they're in the water, probably the Dolphins, I guess. So, <laughs> and if you that was actually that. that was one of that was one of your debates last week. What was your logic again? So the the Dolphins and Patriots played last week. What was your logic with that one? Yes, it's the fact that on land, obviously the Dolphins out. But if we have to kind of balance it out, then probably in the shoreline, you know, if the Patriot gets in the water, he's done for. Against the dolphin. <laughs> okay, so I mean that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patriots Whatever obviously. Whatever works. Uh, yep, we'll so. report back with how well that strategy works. This it year. did not <laughs> work well last week, for you, but we'll see if that works well moving forward. But yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. We're gonna you know introduce a little bit new of a you know a new type of theme. Familiar to the, faces. Theme to the pod, and I think yeah we got to come up with some more sound effects. And, and of course you know we'll make adjustments along the way as we. I as feel like we've done be. it every week. Yeah, and I mean if. The pertinent things come up. We'll talk about that. But the other day you were talking about the audio, and you mentioned I think it was an app, GarageBand. Yeah, explain that. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's it's basically it's an app. It's one of Apple's versions. It's it's an Apple version of you know sound you know recording different audio and things of that nature. It comes um, pre-installed on Macs. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and what I, was the other one you were talking about? Audacity. Okay. Which, and that one's a free one that anybody can. That's a free one which anybody has used. And, yeah, so I've kind of been using both of those a little bit to record. I've kind of been the the DJ, I guess, to a So how extent. come you guys know all what that stuff is and I don't? Well, we actually learned about Well, <laughs> so we're all Plattsburgh State grads, but when you were at Plattsburgh State compared to when me and Ben were at Plattsburgh State, 
I think the the curriculum was a little different. I mean, back in Joe's day, when you got out the tape recorder and you, you pressed the button, and I'm glad somebody raised the question and you had the answer. Like, oh yeah, GarageBand. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm glad he knows. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. We all pick. Like, you've got the experience. We might have a little bit more of the tech savviness, but when we all, it, it, when you blend it all together, it's just it, it's sweet music, sweet <laughs> harmony. Yes. We we have to have a Boomer Joe learns things segment where we teach Joe. Yes. Well, did you things. did you hear that Mackenzie last week called me a millenn- a, a boomer in a millennial's body? <laughs> uh, uh, that is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's perfect. Did you, did you know why? So it was because I used the term the the milk is out of the udder. Oh yes, yes. And is... and Joe had never even heard of that. You said you did. <laughs> I had, um, so, I'm also a bit of a boomer in a millennial's body. So so, so everybody. <laughs> to a degree, yeah. So I didn't I, tell everybody for the the listeners here, but they, they every, when you you said that I said that to them, and they all became like uneasy almost. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Oh, that's typical Joey." <laughs> You gotta have have some of those sayings. So, again, we'll have these fun conversations in in the end of our fun segments. Yes, absolutely. But, Joe, go ahead and do our sign off. Actually, before we do that, is there anything else we wanted to hit upon? There's a lot of news. Yeah, there there has Uh, been a lot of stuff. Yep, and uh, we'll do our best uh, every day to keep the North Country informed, as always. And we wish everyone some weak side help. Yeah.